Hello there, welcome again to Let's Talk Tottenham. So two games to cover this week. Uh, the win against Norwich and the draw against Southampton and yet another game to add to our schedule. So all of that, my thoughts on Lo Celso who seems to have uh, turned the corner and actually playing quite well now. Uh, so really should be looking to make him permanent. Uh, looks like Christian Eriksen is finally off as well. So a little, my thoughts on him. Uh, and the transfer window and some negativity that I've seen on Twitter as well. Uh, so all that and a bit more. Uh, so let's talk Tottenham. Right. So a good win in the league against Norwich. Yeah, the bottom team. But, you know, a lot of people saying that we should be battering them. And that's possibly true. But we're on a bad run of form. So it's just about getting over that line and getting that win. And that's what we did. We, you know, I thought it was quite good being that we are on, on bad form, that we um, scored the goal, conceded the goal. But then after conceding the goal, which was a penalty, by the way, we then went and, and, and got the winner rather than being down and then not playing very well. Uh, so that was that was positive. I have to say as well, apologies if there's any mic buzzing here. Um, I've tried looking on Google to find out how to stop it, but I can't figure out, and it's just going to drive me mad otherwise if I keep looking for that, so it's just going to have to stay. Um, but anyway, but I, I, I have to say as well, the Norwich game and the Southampton game, I didn't watch. I saw the Norwich game on Match of the Day, so highlights, and I haven't, I've seen a little clip, a 10-minute clip of the Middlesbrough game on YouTube. But the Norwich game, it looked like we were giving them far too much in terms of chances there, which shouldn't really be happening. You know, got, you know whatever happened to the days, you know, where we controlled the game, we kept the ball, we had about 60% possession. That seems to have gone. Uh, and that's got to be the players and, and then the manager's new tactic as well. But I've said before, Mourinho's tactic seems to be hoof it up long for the Drogba type player, and we don't have <laughs> we don't have a Drogba type player. We don't even have a bloody striker at this moment in time. So I, I don't know why he insists on planning that when he hasn't got the people to do it. Maybe it's uh, saying Levy, look, this is how we're going to play, but we need a striker to, you know, we need a striker to, for me to implement that. So go out and buy one. Um, Sessignon as well, the penalty. It was it was a penalty, stonewall penalty, maybe not a stonewall penalty, but a clear penalty. Uh, but that that's what happens when you're playing a, a, a left winger at left back. He's not a full back, is he? He's a, he's a winger. He he's he's the attacking player who who causes problems by taking people on, whipping the ball into the box, having shots. But he, he's playing as a left back, and you know it might have worked in Pochettino's tenure. Um, because the full, certainly in games like this, the full-backs were invited to go forward. Remember Danny Rose at his, at his prime, you know, basically spent more time in the oppositions at uh, uh, half than our half. Um, but yeah, he, he's being asked to defend and he's not a defender. He's also, I think, got a, a real confidence issue. Uh, he said that himself in an interview saying that he used to be positive and go and take people on and he's not doing that. So, But I've noticed as well that, you know, even when he was playing at left wing, uh, when Sun was suspended after the Chelsea game, 
he'd get the ball instead of like looking up to take someone on like Sun does and Moore does, he'd, he'd take a touch, turn around, pass it back. That, that's confidence. Uh, there's an argument potentially that Mourinho's telling him to do that, but the fact that Sun plays on that side and takes people on says to me that it's not Mourinho, it's Sessegnon's confidence. Uh, and it obviously can't help him, I don't think. One week he's playing left back, another week left wing, then left back, then left wing. So he needs a run of, of, of games in the same position, preferably winger. Uh, but he is only 19 as well, so let's not lose sight of that. He's got a lot of time to progress and he's still young. So he's going to make mistakes if he's young. Uh, all players do. So it's not the worst thing. Uh, good to see Deli Alley in, in this game as well, actually passing the ball and, and, and causing problems for the attack, uh, for the defence, sorry, of the opposition. Uh, I've been pretty critical about him the last month. Um, he can't pass the ball for five metres and then throws a strop when he goes off as a sub. You know, maybe if you learn to pass the ball, stop doing all your fancy flicks, do the simple things first, you might be more effective. But in this game, he was effective, getting forward, causing problems. And that's good to see. Like Phil Neville on Match of the Day saying he's been the leader in the last month. I don't know what the bloody hell he's been watching. Some old old, old Deli Alley clips, presumably, because I, I, I have no idea what he's been watching to come to that conclusion. Uh, that he's been the leader and driving us forward because he, he's, he's games have passed him by and he just can't pass the ball. That Liverpool game, he, he didn't really do anything in that. I can't... All right, Liverpool, so they had the more possession and more chances. Um, but yeah, even other games, Southampton game, I know everyone was poor in that, but you know, Phil Neville's talking about him being the leader and driving us forward, so I have no idea what he's talking about there. But in this game, Ali did play well, but the, 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 the main player in this game and in the Southampton game was Lacelso, who's only on loan. So we need to make that permanent because he is starting to come good now and look like a real, real player. And with the dep impending departure of Ericsson and the playmaker there, he seems to have taken up that mantle quite well. Uh, slightly different that he, he won't play 50-yard passes, but he'll get the ball and take someone on, run with it and then pass. But he is starting to play passes like there are a few ones to Aurier. Uh, you know, we're switching the play and then through balls to him into his path to set up an attack. So... Very similar passes there to Ericsson's passes that he made. The difference being that Ericsson will get it from the defence and ping it 60 yards onto someone's foot. Uh, I'm not sure LaCelso is that player. But certainly in, in terms of a playmaking role and, and making things happen and being the creator, certainly in, in the Norwich game he was that. Uh, still got a slight problem there with no striker. There's no focal point, no target man. Um so he's having to ping it out wide, which against better teams like Man City coming up next, I can't imagine all the air and whoever's left back are going to be given the license to just bomb forward whenever they want. That that will be potentially a boring game like the Liverpool game where Mourinho has a defensive plan to stifle them and then try and nick a goal. Uh, but yeah, in this game, Lo Celso was the real creative spark and, and that's good to see, good to see. Uh, we need that. Certainly with Ericsson going, who I'll talk about him later, and the, the nonsense on Twitter of people hating him and everything like that, which 
I'll talk about that later. Uh, but the Celso looks a real player now, so sign him up permanently. Fernandez, too early to say with him. He's he's not really had any game time really. Um, so yeah, difficult to say. Uh, so we'll see how he pans out. But that that was a Norwich game. Uh, as I said, a win is a win. It doesn't matter how they come along. When, when you're struggling, it's just about getting over that line and getting that win and then hopefully taking that on to the next game. Uh, so all these people calling for a demolition job, you know, you can do that when you're like six games on an unbeaten run and six wins out of six, not when you're struggling. Uh, so then Southampton, the FA Cup game, away, a, a team who are playing well. They've got a new lease of confidence. Uh, so we took the lead and then literally three minutes before the end, we can see this, a poor goal, which is disappointing. But from what I saw, we had so many chances to wrap the game up in the first half, which a Harry Kane or a striker would have scored. Uh, so if there's any clear indication for Levy about who, who he needs, I mean, this was it. I mean, Sun usually is quite clinical. His goal was clinical. It was a very good finish. Uh, but normally he's clinical and then takes the, has been taking the mantle of Kane when he's been injured. Uh, but he was dragging shots wide, maybe being a little greedy, but, uh, you know... Not greedy like having a shot from 30 yards. I think it was in areas where he was he was entitled to have a shot. Maybe it would have been easier to pass or better to pass to make sure. There's an argument for that. But, you know, a goal scorer just wants to score goals. So unless if they have a sight of goal and it's a good sight of goal, they'll shoot. And that's what they should be doing as a striker who wants to score goals. Same with Morva. Uh, but they're not a target man. So... When Southampton, after we scored, were, were pouring forward trying to find the equaliser, we had no focal point up top. No focal point, so it's just coming back. That's what you need. That's what Chelsea had with Drogba under Mourinho. They had the focal point there. Hoof it up long and he'll hold it up and then take the pressure off the midfielders and defence. Uh, I didn't see it, but I've seen a lot of things on Twitter saying that some of the players looked absolutely shattered. And, you know, they're chasing shadows ever since we scored. Uh, Loris worried me. Uh, he's still got mistakes in him. I know he's only just come back, but it was a fantastic clearance by Tanganja off the line from Ings. But the ball was played into the box. Loris then is in no man's land, comes storming out, stops for Ings to chest it round him. And then, you know, luckily it was cleared off the line. But, like, why is Loris doing that? Stay on your line. There was a defender next to him. It's just. It's just poor goalkeeping. And then there was a cross in the second half, fairly low, player right next to him. He tries to punch it rather than catch it. Luckily, it hits the guy's shoulder or chest and then falls down for Lorries to pick up. But why are you even doing that? Just catch it. Take pressure off people. So his decision-making, I'm not sure. He should have saved the penalty against Norwich. Uh, but, you know... It was a penalty, so we'll let him off that. But Tanganja as well, playing at left back and then playing at you know centre back and then right back. You know, stick him in a position. You know, Sanchez has really gone off the boil. I'm not sure what's happened to him. He was our best defender, was our best defender this season, and he seems to have completely lost the plot, which is a shame because he's young and I quite like him. Tanganja has looked good. So maybe that would be a ready-made replacement. But I'd stick him in the middle without a veal. We need a defensive four that is constant. And the goalkeeper as well. But with Lois and Gazaniga, we need a new goalkeeper in the summer. 
won't get one in January. In the summer, a new goalkeeper, a new number one. Because I don't think Lloris... He had his time. He was brilliant for, for periods. He just makes too many mistakes now. He's not good enough. Uh, I like Lloris, but yeah. not uh, And Gazaniga. He's not good enough. We need a new number one in the summer. Similar to what uh, Liverpool have done. Identify their keepers weren't good enough. Got one of the best in the world. So we need to do that as well. Uh, but yeah. Tangan, just stick him in a natural position and stick with him there. Don't keep mixing him around. And and get that back four sorted out. So Aurea seems pretty standard at right back. Out of field, always plays. And then it's between Tanganja, Vertonghen and, and Sanchez in the middle. Uh, I'm talking about when Rose, if he doesn't leave, and Davies are fit and one of them is left back. So you've got a place up for grabs in the middle. But, you know. Stick Tanganja in there. He's, he's full of confidence at the moment. And, and get that back four sorted out and, and consistent. The goal, brilliant finish by Sun, but it all came about by Lacelso's play again. Now, uh, again, another great performance from him in, in, well, maybe not performance, but great play by him, taking people on, committing people, and then laying it off to Lamella, who then gives it to Sun and goal. So what we need is positive play. We've got so many midfielders. I, I've mentioned Winks before, but I think that's more the position and probably the instructions he's given don't look forward enough. They look side to side or backwards, and that's where the passes go. Whereas Lacelso is positive, gets the ball, runs with it. And he, he looks he looks stronger than he was a month ago as well, which is, is quite weird. Um, but yeah, a brilliant play by him, and that, that basically created the goal. But then from there, you're thinking, like, see the game out, get another one, Southampton will come on to you. And then I didn't see the game, but on the highlights, all I saw were chances for Southampton. Uh, Ali, again, playing like I saw some god-awful passes from him, going out of play and, and, again, not doing the simple things right. You know, It's all good when you do your little flicks and all your fancy stuff like that and everyone loves it, but if you can't do the simple things right, then it's not good enough. Uh, but yeah, we should have been out of sight by half-time. We had so many chances from what I saw. And uh, with Harry Kane there, we, we would have been out of sight by half-time. Um, but again, like that's negative. But the, we're creating chances against a good team there. So that's positive, creating the chances. And, you know, who's to say on another day, you know, some wouldn't have got a hat-trick or more wouldn't have got a couple. Um so yeah, I, I, I think there are positives there and we did look solid apart from Lloris' mistakes that I've mentioned and then the goal was all we are getting caught out of position. But we all, all looked a little bit susceptible to the ball over the top but unlike previous games where the ball's gone over the top and then the guy's one-on-one, -on -one, there was a defender with him. So at least it put pressure on. Um, but yeah, the, the lack of a striker which I'll talk about in the second half, is a real issue at the moment. And we've only got like, you know, five days left of this transfer window. And, and again, leaving it to the last minute. But we've got a replay there, which I think we'll win at home and then go into the next round, which will be drawn today. So, but, you know, like a lot of teams now who are in the Premier League who aren't going to win it because they're not Liverpool, the FA Cup is the most realistic chance of winning a trophy. And it's certainly ours. You need a bit of luck, but... Yeah, so I, I, Mourinho's taking it seriously, fans are taking it seriously, and that's why 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know why Troy Powell didn't start. Maybe Neo said he would have some point in the game, and he wasn't even on the bench. But we, we need a striker desperately uh, to get that focal point, and, and you know, actually have someone who can who can tuck goal uh, shots away. Okay, so that's the games talked about. Got Man City coming up next, uh, unless there's a cup replay before them, but I don't think there will be. Uh, so that's the games. Call that half time in this, and then second half, talk about Ericsson, who I think deserves a mention, and then this January transfer window and this striker crisis. So back in a bit. And we're back. So, it's highlighted and, and mentioned. Those two games, the lack of a striker really is becoming an issue here, and just I, I don't understand. Like, where is Troy Power? Like, Mourinho says he's training with the first team, says he's going to be involved in the Southampton game, and he's not even on the bench. So if he's training, he's presumably not injured. We want the guy to sign a contract, and we're not playing him. So either play him. And give him a chance, or send him out on loan to give him some game time. Like you, you can't just not play the guy. And he's seventeen. He's going to be hungry. He's not going to be expecting to stay in the team when Kane gets back. And I don't understand that the 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 problem. And 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 it, it, it's a win win situation potentially. Like I don't understand the downside of not playing him. Like. You, you get, if it doesn't work out and he's, he's doesn't play well, you're giving him a chance to see what he can do. He can, you, it shows that he's going to get people get given a chance, which will also help youngsters. Uh, we'll have a striker on the pitch, and then if it does work out, then we've got a new player on our hands and and someone who can push Kane. And if Kane isn't performing or needs a rest, then someone will come in. I just don't understand the downside of not playing him, but for some reason. He refuses to play. And, you know, he's too young is something that's banded about and, and absolute nonsense. Michael Owen was 16. Rooney was 16. Yeah, yeah, they, they were world class. Uh, Troy Powell might not be. But, uh, you know, they got given a chance and they took their chance. And it's just, I don't, don't understand it. And, like... He must be able to see in these games, like certainly that, that Southampton one, that the lack of a striker was the reason we didn't win that game. And yet we've got one on the books. I mean, like I said, he, we wanted him to sign a contract and then Mourinho's coming out saying things like we don't have a striker at the club other than Harry. Like, I mean, would you want to stay? I wouldn't. So give him a chance. He won't play against Man City because we're unlikely to have the ball that much. And it is going to be a compact game. And I would expect Sun will be tracking back as well. Or whoever's on the side that Sterling is. To try and like avoid that threat. Uh, but it's going to be a midfield battle. I'm really hoping Ndombele's in. Someone with a bit of muscle there. to Basically, the, the game will be won. If City win it, the game will be won by De Bruyne being able to have control of the ball and do what he wants with it. So we've got to find a way to stop that happening, which easier said than done because he's the best player in the league by an absolute mile at the moment. Uh, but Troy won't play in that game, 
So I'd imagine it'll be the same team in uh, Southampton. So yet again, the ball just keep coming back when we're hoofing it long up top. Uh, so yeah, Troy won't play in that one, which I can understand that because if it does go bad and we get tonking, it won't be his fault, but like it's going to be a bit of a morale knock for him. So I can understand him not playing in that one. So I, I'd expect him to be on the bench, but whether he will be or not, I'm like I said, Undombele, we need to get into City and like show them they're in for a game, not give them space. So Undombele lends himself to that because he's, he's strong. But yeah, he can only last like half an hour. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's talk of, of is it Birdwin or someone like that from PS, PSV? I, I might have got the name wrong. I think he's another kind of a, a midfielder, which <laughs> we don't really need. We need the striker. Or if we do need a field, midfielder, it's a defensive one to replace Dyer, and who doesn't seem to be in the team anymore and can just hold his position. So Winks can play further forward and then isn't playing in his defensive role, which he's not cut out for, I don't think. He's more of an attacking player and a transition player, so he'll transition it from defence into attack rather than just stay in a defensive kind of state. Uh, Bale's rumoured again, that's surfaced, but the guy's on 400 grand a week. We can probably not even afford half of that. He's not going to lower his wage demands when he can just sit on the bench at Madrid and get almost half a million each week. So I can't see it happening. And Madrid going to want to pay half of his wages? I don't think so. Plus, will he, is he injury prone now? It's a risk. It would be good. It would be sentimental value. But we'll talk about Bale a little bit in a minute when we talk about Ericsson because there's some beef I've got there. But yeah, like... But yet again, as Levy always does, we're leaving it too bloody late. Like, we've known we needed a striker since Kane got injured, and that was almost a month ago. And yet we still haven't fucking got one. Why? Danny Rose doesn't want to be there. Get rid of him. Ericsson doesn't want to be there. Get rid of him. Like, surely the Berbatov issue, you've learned from that, that if a player doesn't want to be there, don't keep them there. Get rid of them. If, if they don't want to be there, regardless of whether they intend to or not, they're going to cause problems in the dressing room. It's just a fact that that is going to happen. So get rid of them. Let them leave. Levy has been known as a tough negotiator and a brilliant negotiator in the past. Like Loris, when he was on massive form, we got for like 9 million, which was a steal. Ericsson, we got for like... 11, which is a steal. But I think he's got too arrogant now and thinks that, that he can do that all the time. And and the fact is he can't. Like, to, you know, the cat's out of the bag now that other managers and chairmen know what Levy is like. So the cat's out of the bag that, you know, oh, right, we're dealing with him. He's just going to be an arse. So let's just not back down. And he can't negotiate as well. And if he does, it takes too long. It takes two weeks. We, we need a player now, a striker now. So I think he's just got arrogant there. But I, I've got a sneaking suspicion. I said this as soon as the stadium was built and not named. That I think Enoch, Joe Lewis are looking to sell. Uh, so we're only getting loan deals in with an option to buy. So it's potentially someone else's problem to buy them if they want to and front, front the money up. Uh, 
if, if, if they are looking to sell, why would they be spending a lot of their 50 million of their own money when in a year it's it's not going to be their problem? And the stadium, best stadium in the world because it's the newest. Um, NFL games there should have companies queuing up to try and sponsor that. And we haven't got an, a sponsor yet. So I, I think that Levy's plan and goal when he took over was to take us to the next level, which he has done. And then create, make us into an attractive proposition for billionaires to take over. So I think the stadium was his uh, piece de resistance in in that respect. That we've got the best stadium in the world. I think Mourinho coming in as well is also a, a a bit of a draw. You've got a manager there who's won it all. So with money, he could win it all again. So I've got a sneaking suspicion that in a year's time we'll be owned by someone else, billionaires, and we'll just become like City when Chelsea with just money, which is disappointing, but that's the way football is these days. You need money. So it, that's what I think, and I think that, that was his plan all along to take us to that next level. And then let's not kid ourselves here. Without Levy, we wouldn't be at the level that we are at the moment. And, and yeah, it's not the level we want to be because we haven't won anything. But we're at a much higher level than we were when he first took over. And and he deserves credit for that in my book. He deserves credit for that. But it hasn't been 100% good. He hasn't done 100% good job because the, the transfers and not signing anyone and then just being too stubborn, I think, with, you know, well, I want this, I want this money and blah, blah, I want to pay this. Hasn't been good enough. And he's let the managers down. He let Pochettino down. I mean, we could have had Jack Grealish by now. They wanted 25 million for him, Villa, when they got relegated. And we offered 23. They wanted 25 and Levy refused to pay it. What the bloody hell is 2 million when you're paying 23? Just pay. Just pay it. And he does it with other people. And, and it's just, it's worked in the past. And I think he thinks... Well, it's worked in the past at work again. I can get this done. And, and you know, like I said, chairman and, and managers now go, no, 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 you're an arsehole. You're not getting over us that way. So you are you're you want him, you pay what we want. And like I've said before, like I, I said, I thought uh, Mourinho was a bit of a dinosaur when he was at United. I think uh, Levy is slightly turning into that as well with not being able to adapt the way he does business. Uh, having to get so much money for certain people, which will lead me on to my point in a minute, that certain Danish player. Um, so yeah, I, I just think if Mourinho wants someone or the manager Pochettino wanted someone, he should just go out and buy them. If they want someone gone, get rid of them. doesn't matter about the money, as long as you know they're not worth 100 million and you get rid of them for two. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So, but like I said, I think he's looking to sell, he's not looking to buy anyone because it's not going to be his club soon. Um, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, so moving on, uh, it looks like Christian Eriksen to Inter Milan is pretty much a done deal, which is a shame, but he doesn't want to be there. He hasn't want to be there from the summer, which leading back onto Levy again, as soon as he said he didn't want to be there, get rid of him, put him on the transfer market, go and find someone else. Same with Danny Rose. Danny Rose doesn't want to be there. He's outspoken. I think he's a little too outspoken for my liking, saying things that there's a bit of a bust up, which you don't need to say that to the press. 
anyway, he doesn't want to be there. But like Levy won't sell them for the money that is being offered. He'll sell them for the money that he wants. And <laughs> you know, they got less than a year on their contract. So teams aren't going to pay 60 million for these players. So Ericsson, you know, they're haggling on about three million again. It's just he doesn't want to be there. He's going to be a disruptive force in the in the changing room. Get rid of him. But it looks like it's going to be a done deal again. Really late in the day. Could have had that sorted earlier in January. Then find a replacement. But no, no, no. Levy can't do that. He has to get his way and then leave it to the last minute. Uh, very frustrating. But. While we're talking on Ericsson, there's been a lot of criticism. He's been a scapegoat for Tottenham for about three years by some quarters. So I just wanted to address that and basically a thank you to him, really, because he has, in terms of playing, taken us to that next level as well. Uh, so the managers and, and the uh, the managers, Pochettino and, and Levy, have taken us to that next level. But without an Ericsson, we wouldn't have got there. So... He, he was, when he played well, we played well. When he played bad, we noticed it because we didn't play well and we weren't creative. So in that 16-17 season, he was superb. And, and, you know, people saying he's useless now and blah, 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 blah. Nonsense. Like He's, he's just suffering from a lack of con confidence and his head's elsewhere, which does happen. Um, but he, he didn't sulk or anything like that. He carried on, tried to Kept playing, training, didn't cause a fuss. He's just been in bad form. Whereas, you know, players that are loved at this club, Berbatov refused to come on as a sub because he wanted to go to United. Bale and Modric refused to train because they wanted to go to Real Madrid and they're bloody lauded and loved. But yet someone who doesn't do that and doesn't cause a fuss like that just has a, a, a bad game or a bad few months or year is then hated, which is just absolute crazy from people who should know better really and, and should show a bit more respect you know he's had a bad year he's been there for about six years now and for five of those years he's superb but all of all because of he said he wants to leave and you know which Bale said and Modric said and Berbatov said you know but because he wants to leave and he hasn't been playing well people turn on him but like, I was at games when we had Janssen when Kane was injured and Janssen didn't make runs forward so Ericsson had no one to pass to so I had to go back and then he got booed and, and moaned at like you know he's been scapegoated for a while and that people who boo that are just people who don't know anything about football really like, he he needs runners to be able to be effective he needs the runners to be able to ping that ball to 60 yards and that's what people like Sun do and Mora do but when they're playing as a striker, they don't often do it. Kane is brilliant at it. He'll make runs for him. Ali, when he's playing further forward, will make runs for him. And that's when he's effective. And that opens up space because defenders and midfielders have to go back for those players. And that opens space for him. And then he's able to do his stuff. He hasn't been able to this season, really. He's had a couple of good games at Brighton when he came on, Villa when he came on. But he's still a quality player. So, you know, <laughs> Italy, slower game. And, and so you watch him, him tear that league to shreds as well, like he's he's done in the past with the Premier League. Quality player. And the people who are moaning at him and saying he's shit and blah, blah, and get out and blah, blah, we you know, and don't like him, will realise how important he was to us when he's not there anymore. Yeah, Lo Celso's kind of filled that void out, but there's a lot of things that Ericsson can do that Lo Celso can't, I think, which I mentioned the 50-yard 50 50 passes. 
So people will uh, realize that and then they'll uh, appreciate what he did. And most of those people who have been hating on him when he does leave will probably be the ones on, on Twitter who come out and say, oh, thank you for everything and blah, 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 and then completely turn around. But for me, he, he, he was my favorite player in 16, 17 and, and that era just because he was so influential for us and he was creative and he scored goals. Uh, but yeah, but we should never, ever forget the contribution he made to us in, in those years and when he has been fantastic just because of a poor year and he wants to leave. So, fantastic player for us. Legend, I'm not sure. Uh, but he definitely was part of our turning point of turning the the corner and from Champions League wannabes to always in the Champions League and, and he will be missed unless we get a replacement in all the cell so can fill that void. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that because might not get another chance to talk about him because it looks like the deal's done. So that's it for this uh, this episode. Uh, Back again after the Man City game, which I expect to be a fairly boring game, and like Liverpool, Jose to set us up to try and not concede goal or possession, very similar to Liverpool, and then hope we can nick a goal from a mistake or, or just a bit of a, a good play at our end, and then see the game out. So that's what I expect. But whether it works out like that, if City get an early goal or an early couple of goals like they did against Fulham today, I know Fulham had a sent off uh, then that kind of throws that plan out the window uh, Pavard on the bench for me trying if, if he's fit get Ndombele in that team and tell, tell him to put himself about and try and disrupt like the flow of the Silvers and De Bruyne's uh, tell Son or whoever's on the side that Sterling is uh, to track back and help out the fullback uh, which is what Son did against Liverpool certainly in the first half uh, and then try and be a bit positive um, rather than the negative way we played against Liverpool, but then <laughs> people moaning about that as well. That we, you know, oh, we played terribly in that game. We were so negative and like, you know, all right, then go toe to toe against the league leaders and get battered five nil at half time. But then, you know, you'll be happy, won't you? Because at least we had a go. Not how it worked. You you, you can't go to toe to toe with these teams because you get destroyed. Uh, but yeah. That's what I hope for that one, that we can nick a goal, keep a clean sheet and keep it tight and disrupt their flow. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. But, you know, we can still win that one at home. We can still win. And, and City are susceptible now. They're not as defensively solid as they have been in previous seasons. So we can definitely win that. So come on, you Spurs. Let's win that. And back next week. <laughs>